Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie, hailing out of the greater Cincinnati area. And I am with First Inspection Services, a one-stop shop property inspection company, both commercial and residential. I stress that we also do commercial. And today's episode is, I'm my objective is to have a confidence booth session with you first-time home buyers who especially come from very gifted backgrounds of, say, maybe you're an electrical engineer, maybe you're a computer programmer, software architect, doctor. You're fantastic with your hands, fantastic with solving incredible technical problems, but maybe you were raised and you did not um, hang around a dad who taught you to do lots of stuff with a house. And maybe that comes as a tiny bit of an embarrassment to you. Maybe it doesn't, but you realize that you want to own a house and maybe you have bought a house. So, oh, so let's say that the uh, episode title for this is DIY Yes You Can, all right? So there's the objective. And so back to that thought, you you were raised and you were raised in a house that made you very successful, pushed you to have good grades and so forth. But you know one of your weaknesses is you're scared of this house. That's okay. It really is. So today's episode, I want to try to get you over the hurdle of being scared of the house and wanting to vend every project out to somebody because you're afraid to touch the house. You're afraid to do anything to it. And maybe you bought a newer house. Maybe you bought an older house. Regardless, your house is never going to be completely perfect. So the first step of, of, of realization is knowing that your house is never going to be perfect. You may have little nicks on the wall on a brand new house. Maybe somebody's shoe marks from a child <clears throat> has already smudged the wall and you're, you're already looking at this going, oh my gosh, the house is not perfect. It's not going to fall down. It's going to be okay. So I want to give you a little bit of personal experience. I, I've, I've talked about the very first project that I did on a DIY sense when I first when we first got married, my wife and I, I put in a medicine cabinet. I physically cut into the drywall and cut a hole in the wall and installed a medicine cabinet. And it probably took me a couple hours. Nowadays, I'd probably do that in half an hour and be done with it. Um, especially because we have the internet and <clears throat> all the dimensions of how far the two by four studs inside the wall are apart, what tools you need, all that is is so so plug and play now um, that that's a very easy project. But what are some of the things that you think about with your new house? Okay, let's say your name is Ted Johnson. Just throwing a name out there. Ted Johnson's brand new um, homeowner. He's 24 years old. He came from a um, very astute background. Everybody in his family is very smart. He went to school, became an electrical engineer, um, and and let's say on the side he took a lot of programming classes and he became actually a computer programmer. I I guess we call that coders now, 
software architect. So he's doing all of that. But but Ted, bless his heart, his dad was also very busy, very successful. Didn't do a lot of stuff on his own. So nobody really taught Ted how to do basic things with a house. So what are some of those things that you need to know about? Well, guess what? We have YouTube now. YouTube is your answer. Um, there, I'm sure there's other sites out there that can teach you how to do things. But the very basics that you need to know how to do are to change your own air filter for your furnace. There's videos for that. There is an arrow on the filter. You can draw an arrow on the side of your furnace to make sure that the aerodirectional air return going back into for the combustion air going into the furnace the air flows the right way you put the filter in the right way it matches that and you change your air filter approximately every month unless it's one of those four or five inch cartridge disposable filters all of that can be looked up on the internet you can buy the filters you can dispose of them once a month change it out or every six months if it's a four or five inch thick filter Uh, There's also electrostatic filters, but the point is that's something you can handle. Another DIY thing, and and so let's let's say you change the filter for the first time. Pat yourself on the back. You've now done something that is going down the path of you owning this house instead of it owning you. Let's say you live in a county whose water is very hard. You bought a house that has a water softening system and maybe a filtration system. All of these things, whether it's a Culligan or Honeywell or Ionix or whatever it may be, filtration, uh, there's GE filters, there's, um, trying to think of some of the other ones, but the reverse osmosis system, all of these can be found on the internet. After one or two videos, I give you uh, total confidence in this. I'm I'm confident you can do this. Watch these videos and you will be adding salt to your water softener system. You will be changing the filters out on the appropriate schedule. Maybe even in your refrigerator has a filter for the water that comes in, okay? And that needs to be changed out every X number of months also. Take a magic marker right on the side of the filter when it was changed, when it's due next, and you can be on the path to success. So... These are regular maintenance things. They're not really, I would call, true DIY. DIY is you actually do some damage to your house to do a project to make it better. What am I saying? All right. Let's say you're like me. I go to a house and I see all these pancake um, water coming from the top up above you, shower heads, and I go... Oh my gosh, I'm so late to the party here. I want these for my house. So I went out and, well, first of all, I asked everybody in my family, what type of shower head do you prefer? Does this sound like something you would like? Because I'm not spending money on something if you're not going to like it. So in the bathroom I shared with my son, um, I went ahead and put an extender arm, like a 12-inch long, actually we changed it to 16-inch, extender that goes up above and then I got one of these big pancake uh, water drops from above shower heads and put that in in probably 30 minutes Uh, I I, all the directions were included on it I ordered it off Amazon yeah I probably could have gotten it at Home Depot 
Um, and shame on me. I'm not supporting our local business there in that regard. But um, that being said, that is a DIY project you could do. You don't need to call a plumber for that. One YouTube video, uh, even even on Home Depot's website, there's, there's even stuff to show you how to do these things. It comes with right material, the right wrench, the right... Um, uh, waterproof material uh, for putting around the, that, that tape that goes around it okay Teflon tape that goes around into the shower head and once you've put that in you're gonna pat yourself on the back okay and you're going to be a DIY guy and so what I'm saying is start small how about your floors do you have hardwood floors here's a little DIY item <clears throat> You don't know how to clean your floors. You, you got the home inspected. Your home inspector said, hey, for these types of floors, you probably should use a Swiffer product, which is a Procter, local Procter & Gamble product here, here in Cincinnati, by the way. And Swiffer makes a wet and a dry version. My, my wife uses the, the wet version maybe once a month. We use the dry version every week uh, to go around on our hardwood floors and to make sure we're not putting anything more um, caustic or or damaging to the finish that's on them so none of that is needed so going out believe it or not and buying your Swiffer products putting it together installing that and using it guess what you've done a little DIY now some on here may be laughing at that but I do understand I have had conversations with first-time home buyers they confide in me that they're scared of this house. Maybe they don't tell their wife that. Maybe their wife is pretty handy, possibly. So women out there too, this is for you. There are things that we all can do to do DIY, okay? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and jump on one that, uh, that I had done. Um, this was a, a tag team kind of thing. Um, so my basement was an absolute dump. When I bought the house, and I lived with that dump. It wasn't messy, but the, it had a suspended ceiling that made the ceiling too short. Um, the suspended ceiling with those tiles and wires and, and so forth, and and fluorescent lights, the the old style ones with the oil in the cartridges and so forth, just just nasty. So I basically tore all that down, took it all out, and several trips to the trash uh, several construction trash bags probably like 20 of them to put all the material in and dismantle all that then what I was left with was a whole bunch of wires that needed to be hidden um, some exposed beams and so forth and I'm gonna give a shout out to my neighbor and friend of 10 plus years Anthony Weish who lives next door to me um, super good guy, extraordinarily talented. And I went in his house in his basement and saw the bar that he built with tile and, and wood frame around it, wood trim around it. And I said, can you do this in my basement? And he said, yeah. So that was the first project. So he put that in. Now, if I, had I tried to do that, I would not have had the same capability. I would have probably gotten angry um, you just got to know your limitations. There's a lot of DIY stuff that I do, but on something like that, I trust his ability more than mine. So there's a balance. So 
so after picking out the tile and I made a measurement error and ended up going and buying small tiles to go in a center strip that added a nice decorative flair to it. It was a mistake, but it turned out to be something that actually made the, made the thing look better. So it's beautiful. It came out beautiful. And Anthony uh, is a good friend and also an extraordinarily talented individual. Um, so, so that was one thing. Then we needed to hide the beams. So um, I got him to install some uh, I designed this this one by 10 and one by eight um, pine uh, encasement system that basically just hid the beams and then his his brother actually was was the uh, brainchild of saying you should just stain these things and I said no I want to paint them he said no 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 you've got to stain them you've got to stain them they're just gonna pop so nice Richard come on man trust my judgment that's his brother by the way so um, ended up staining them and that was the right thing so sometimes it takes a couple of opinions before you settle on the right look uh, so they came out beautiful absolutely beautiful then the DIY part was I painted my own ceiling after Anthony had hidden the wires in the in the plaster ceiling and and uh, made those go away very nicely uh, repainting the ceiling took about eight gallons of paint I hate to say it but it did um, the walls, had to repaint all the walls, and everything just pops now in, in, in the basement. So it was a combination of doing some stuff myself, and then some stuff with some help, some very good quality, talented help by, uh, for that right. <clears throat> um, so DIY stuff, you have to grow in your ability. I would suggest study a project and plan it out well in advance, get your materials, but also watch some videos to build your confidence. If you watch some videos and see how people do it, that will absolutely, it's like a snowball. It goes downhill and this it gains momentum and it gets bigger and bigger. And then you just have all the ability in the world to be able to do these things. Um, so let's go to the hardwood floors. So I, I refinished my hardwood floors. This was an extraordinarily large project. Um, this involved taking up the carpet that had been there for about 12 years, contractor grade, nasty, crappy carpet, uh, and then cutting all that carpet up, taking it out, taking all the tack strips on the edges out, cleaning the floors, prepping them, getting them ready. Um, and then there were holes in the floors, probably seven of them, from purposeful drill, drilled holes, to run cable TV cable. Well, I don't have cable TV in my house, and so I wanted to fill these holes so I didn't end up refinishing my floors and have holes everywhere. So what did I do? Well, I saw where somebody on the internet had taken uh, wooden dowels of the correct size. They sell those at Home Depot in all different diameters, and basically I bought like one foot pieces of several of them so I could match them. I actually had to make a couple of the holes a little bigger to, to fit the dowel, put some um, wood glue around the edges, tapped it in there, took a coping saw, that's a very thin blade saw, hand saw, cut them off, and then I bought a mouse sander, which actually I didn't buy one, I already had one. But I'm recommending some of these things to you, some, some tools that you should have. And it's going to take you a little while if you're a, 
a high-tech or low-tech person who doesn't have a whole lot of handy experience to build your um, tool tool area in your basement. Uh, you don't have to buy all the tools all at once. You get what you need, like a wet-dry shop vac. Uh, Black & Decker or something makes, makes different, you know, at least an 8-gallon shop vac, S-H-O-P-V-A-C, shop vac. It can vacuum up water in one mode, and, vac- and uses a normal vacuum for the other. They're really good for cleaning up projects so you don't mess and get all nasty your, your vacuum cleaner that you use for the rest of your house. So basically I tapped the dowel into that hole with, with the glue, glued it in there, cut it off as I said with the coping saw, and I tried to make the grains of the wood kind of go in the same direction with the hardwood floors when I put it in there and then basically sanded it down flush with the floor and got it really nice and polished. Then I put some stain, the same stain on it, and then I brushed on some uh, polyurethane to match the floor. Is it perfect? No. Does it look nice? Yes. And that's basically how you fix holes in a floor. So that's another DIY. Some projects that you will take on whether it's caulking along a bathroom tub to meet the floor, re-caulking or re-grouting your, your tile tub. These things, one or two videos are really all you need. You buy the right material, and then you do the damage that you have to make to make things better, and you get it done. And you, then you pat yourself on the back. Um, and then you end up, when you buy new tools and so forth, um, you end up building your your cache of tools and you end up with more tools and more tools and more spare parts and so forth organize them pretty well and they make you feel confident and then there'll be a next time where somebody says I need to fix this in the house and you think to yourself oh my goodness I already have those parts I already have the tool I don't have to go buy something that is a is a clarion moment where you go I really am a DIY guy I really can do this Okay, Um, changing out ceiling fans. If that sounds scary, guess what? You could do it. Um, When we do home inspection reports, of course, when electrical things aren't working or plumbing things aren't working, we always have to use the correct language that we suggest you do that with a licensed plumber or a licensed electrician. But there are some things that you will learn in life that you can do yourself in a DIY sense. Sometimes ceiling fans are those things, maybe a three-way dimmer switch to put in, Um, certainly changing out your shower heads and your shower. Those are things you definitely can do yourself. Small tile projects. Something that allows you to pull out the artist that is in you that you did not know was there. And Everybody does have a little bit of what I call artsy-fartsy, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. Everybody is creative. Everybody has um, some unique uh, perspective of artistic ability that you don't know is there. It is there. You just have to use it and believe in it and pull it out whenever you need it. So I had started talking about the hardwood floors. I think I've mentioned this in another episode. When I pulled up my carpet and saw the hardwood floors, some of the things that I found under the carpet just disturbed me. They really made me mad. Cigarette butts, um, I found um, 
where they had taken the railing, the wrought iron railing going to my second floor in portions of it and put them on the floor and spray painted them black. And the outline of the railing was painted right into the floor. And so when I pulled up the carpet, that's on the floor. Now, it was more disturbing than not, irritating, um, somewhat disappointing that, that the people who renovated our house before we bought it um, did those things. But then again, if I'm going to sand down the hardwood floors down to the bare wood and start over and refinish them, that doesn't matter. But I documented all this just for posterity because when you do a project like that, you want to have some perspective of before and after to detail how much work you put into it. I will tell you, my neighbor, okay, who I previously mentioned, um, Anthony, he and I went back and forth on whether he was going to refinish my hardwood floors. And basically it's kind of comical, but I realized that his, his schedule and my schedule are so vastly different that we would end up irritating each other if he ended up doing the project because of the, our schedules. And finding his time to be able to do it jibing with my time just wouldn't match up so I said Anthony you know uh, I think it's probably better off if I maybe tackle this myself and he said oh okay good I was only going to do it because it was you and I was like oh great so we're both happy so I watched two 10 minute YouTube videos two that's it two and I chose to use water-based polyurethane and water-based stain because they had no fumes and you did not have to leave the house. Now, I did have to put a couple extra coats on just because of the thickness of it and the durability factor, but two 10-minute videos and coordinating with, okay, we're going to do this room, so after we get the furniture out of this room, uh, honey, sorry, but we're going to sleep in the dining room for the next three days while I get our master bedroom done. Okay, so that had to be done, and that's okay, but we didn't have to go check into a hotel because we don't have the oil-based polyurethane fumes and the oil-based stain, which those fumes, and they, if you've ever been in a house that has, has been, had the floors redone, that, that, those fumes uh, are very volatile, and they are really strong, and you have to open the windows, And so that's where actually using the water-based stain I thought came in handy. But I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I've I've seen houses, you know, renovated. And I've seen where people take the drum sanders and they pause it for a split second. And there's a big gouge and waves in the floor. And I point these cosmetic things out in in the home inspection report. But the point is, I knew what quality that I wanted to achieve but I had not done this myself. So I suppose I had to draw on the little bit of artistic ability, creativity that I do have in myself, you know, just God-given stuff that quite frankly, everybody has it. You just don't know you have it, but it's there. Um, So you computer programmers out there, you lawyers, you doctors, um, you accountants who Maybe, maybe your your dad or mom did not instill in you or grandpa. You did not, you weren't raised around people doing repair projects and renovations and changes to their house. You can do this. 
Yes, you can. You absolutely can. So after I pulled up the carpet and had gotten through and, and had good communication with, with the, uh, the garbage uh, sanitation workers and I, I gave them nice tips and stuff on, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm going to be putting out some pieces of carpet over the next few weeks and just letting you know, don't want to piss you off, but you know, I'm going to be doing this. So I put out a lot of carpet and a lot of pad and uh, filled up the trash cans and not quite as bad as the 400 pounds of kitchen tile that I end up filling up our big trash bin when one time and I actually helped the garbage man put wheel the thing down to the trash truck and, and attach it to the arms so it could pick it up I swear to goodness if that trash can down our little minorly steep driveway if it had fallen over when I was rolling it down I think it would have crushed me and rolled over and ended up in the street um, and I would have had to call 911 but uh, uh, getting the carpet up and then finally what I ended up doing was if my neighbor wasn't going to do my floors and I was going to do them myself I found the largest handheld it's called a half page sander made by Festool, German company. Not that that matters, but I think this orbital sander I, I could have stood on and it wouldn't have stopped. I don't know how they put so much power in such a little device, uh, but I put so much pressure on that thing, pushing it down into the floor, went through so many pieces of sandpaper, getting everything all sanded and down to the bare wood. Um, and when you refinish a floor, there really is no touching up that floor. If you're redoing it, you got to take all the finish off down to the wood. And then when I first put on the first bit of stain and finished the first room and rubbed everything down with rags and stuff, <clears throat> of course, you do that before. Then you do the stain after you cleaned all the fine dust off and stuff man it looked so good and then after the first room was polyurethane and it just it just looked so good and, and even now x number of years ago my wife still says they look good i say to myself hey those look good you know the diy pat on the back stuff still goes on i look at my entire house in the first floor and second floor <coughs> doing it myself without ever having done a hardwood floor before is just amazing. I just love it. Um, it was a lot of work, but if I can do it with no previous experience of doing hardwood floors, and then my neighbor calls me. This is funny. So my neighbor then calls me at a project up the street. So I had um, one of my inspectors inspect the house up the street, and he ended up well, let's say the um, the buyer ended up hiring my neighbor to do some renovation work. So Anthony then calls me up and says, Hey, Richard, um, can you come look at these hardwood floors and stuff and give me some pointers, tips, whatever? And I said, Whoa, 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 whoa. Anthony, I was going to pay you to do my hardwood floors, right? And now you're calling me to ask me my advice. Well, well Richard, you're, you're the expert now. I mean, you're the one who, who did your whole house. And I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll come down there and see what we can do. So he borrows my sander, does some stuff on those hardwood floors. That had one of those uh, rectangle inside of a rectangle inside of a rectangle, fancy design, you know, two-inch rule. Older house, probably about 1920 or 1925 built. 
had a very fancy pattern in the floor and so uh, he Anthony was able to do some nice nice work with that and it came out beautiful as as of course everything he does is um, but it was just ironic that he ended up asking my advice um, so it, <laughs> that's just funny looking back at that so you can do this there are so many opportunities they will present themselves whether you start out by installing a medicine cabinet in the wall um, whether your house is new or old, you're going to want to do some things to it. Maybe you're in your garage, you want to hang your bicycles on the wall, and you need to find the studs in the ceiling to hang them on these uh, pulley systems for your bikes. You can do that. It's just buying a little battery-operated stud finder, um, which exists. It's just a little Doppler device that works off sound waves, so all you engineers out there... You remember physics class and sound waves and light waves and doing all those calculations and stuff. So that's just real world application of it. Um, same thing when you're uh, when they're doing the uh, image uh, for the sonogram. Same technology, no different. Um, uh, so you can do these DIY projects, and once you get the first one out of the way, you chalk it up. You have new tools and you have something that you can remind your wife or husband about or whatever, uh, hey, this looks good, doesn't it? Hey, this looks good, doesn't it? Hey, this looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, my wife says that I talk about the floors a bit much, but I can't help it. It was so much work, and they look so darn good. And, you know, I bought a $450 sander and a whole bunch of stain and uh, polyurethane, and it came out fantastic. So... At any rate, um, that's what it is, and I hope that this has been very useful for you. I hope you are building confidence and being ready to tackle and becoming a little bit of a DIY. So, without further ado, this has been the Successful Homeownership Show with your host, Richard McKenzie, and thank you for listening.